On this episode of Common Mystics, we recap 2022 and look forward to 2023. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And today we're so excited to talk with Jenny B. Jenny B. I always enjoy talking with you guys and listening to your stories. So this is very exciting. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So this season, 2022, we had 15 destinations, five more voices from the road, and five bonus episodes throughout the year. Wow. it's a lot of work. So what changed in 2022? What was different for you? Well, the biweekly schedule that got us going. Right. This was the year that we decided to publish our podcast year-round as opposed to June through October. That's right. What else, Jill? Um, We added a new series, More Voices from the Road. We did. Because after we go on location and we start diving into research, there are some spirits that we find in the research process, which still is intuitive, that won't leave us. They just keep coming up and keep coming up. So we realized that we needed an outlet for those voices, too. Right. We also started our Patreon page. Yes. Oh, my. You guys, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. It's been Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It has been incredible. And we love doing our extra content. We love the extra content. We love our monthly calls where we get to like deep dive in with our listeners and to hear what's important to them. Exactly. Love it. Love. We met so many people too in 2022. We got listener feedback. And one of them, which was invaluable, is the um, trigger warnings. Because who knew? Can you imagine my dumb ass just triggering people all over the world? I can't imagine that. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Jennifer's life. And I appreciate those trigger warnings. Well, you know, you only know your own experiences, right? Right. And things that don't trigger us might trigger other people. And by trigger, of course, I mean have an intense emotional response. Mm -hmm. And we realized uh, actually one of our listeners reached out to us who happened to be a psychiatrist. Love. Right. And she said, you know, you might want to do a trigger warning when you're talking about sensitive issues. True. And I think we always talk about sensitive issues. And we, you know, we heard her and it just seemed like a really good idea. So moving forward, we'll continue to do those just to give everybody a heads up. I love the feedback, by the way. I like people taking the time out to say, what can we be doing better? Honestly, I really love it. Absolutely. Me too. And I'm dead inside. So I don't know what's (laughs) going to trigger other people. You're not dead inside, but I think your bar for being triggered is pretty. It's either uh, at an 11 (laughs) or like it's or one. It's anyone's (laughs) guess. (laughs) Be careful. Exactly. It's a tightrope walk, people. It's a tightrope walk. Hmm. Did we want to start with our episode reflections from this year? Yes. (laughs) Let's do it. Can you tell me some stories about um, the Lewis and Clark expedition that you found out? Jennifer. Jill. Tell me about how you were being romanced by (laughs) James Beckworth. I was being romanced by James Beckworth. One would say a little manipulated. Well, he was from the prior season. Yes. So when we decided to do a story about James Beckworth, and remember, he was that frontiersman who was a self-promoter, and he was super charming, and he was coming on to me, and it was like this big thing, remember, Jill, Mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. in 2021? And when we looked back at the season, we realized that there was another voice that was coming through who had a lot of similarities to Beckworth in in many ways. And he came up through the research, and then it felt like he just wasn't letting go. Like, he he kept coming to me. He kept 
coming up in random places. Like I'd turn on my phone and there'd be this weird connection to this person. Or I was on vacation with my husband and I walk into this little like children's museum and there's a picture of him on the wall. And I'm talking about York. Tell me again who York is. York was an enslaved man Mm. who was on the Lewis and Clark expedition. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about Lewis and Clark and their expedition, he doesn't get a lot of airtime because he was enslaved right. by Clark himself. And from our research, it seemed like he was pretty pivotal, like saved their asses a couple of times. For sure. 100%. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to give him a voice. What did you hope that people took away from the York story? Mm. In a way, it's a message to remember those people who don't have voices, those people whose accomplishments enabled great things to happen that other people took the credit for. I think for me, I remember something that Jennifer's husband, Dennis, would always say, like for years, he would say, like, whoever is in power writes the history. And the fact that the Lewis and Clark story is something we all know about and we all grew up learning and York was omitted from that story although he Largely, was so yeah. yeah so pivotal that makes me uncomfortable because it's like it is the Lewis and Clark story right right but there it was it, they were part of a team it wasn't just Lewis and Clark and I don't know if they would have been successful if not for York so it, it feels very American in a way mm-hmm. that we look at things and we're like well wait a second there's more to this than just what we're being taught we should be curious in research like how did this happen agreed and York has of he has a name how many people in throughout history have no names because their efforts were completely not recognized recognized exactly so to me it's kind of a, a cautionary tale it's one example of I think what's happened throughout history mm-hmm. and I just think we need to be careful and I love that we do this that we ask the spirits to tell us what to say, to tell us who to give voice to. So anyway. I think, I hope people be curious. Like when they think about something in history, like what we know is only the tip of that iceberg and to just be yes. curious and to look into it and be like, what more, what more is there to discover about this instance in history? I love that. Jill, could you start us off a little bit talking about your episode on Tecumseh? I am a huge Tecumseh fan. I am a believer. No, honestly, he is something else. So Tecumseh, to recap, long, long story, long, amazing story short, he was... Is he your James Beckworth? He's not my James Beckworth. (laughs) Stop it right now. So he was a Shawnee leader who really believed in uniting the different tribes around the Midwest and the South to combat white encroachment onto their lands. Mm -hmm. And the thing about him that was so amazing that I love so much is that his insight into the future was so incredibly spot on. Mm -hmm. It's like he wrote a map and he was so good at articulating like this is going to happen if we don't get our shit together and bond over what our common themes are, things that we can be like relate to, right? Even though we're of separate tribes. And he's like, they're going to wipe us out. They're going to move us to shitty lands. These are our homelands. And even though he was so articulate, so passionate, he still was defeated. Mm -hmm. And exactly what he predicted to be, the circumstance came to pass. And he had an asshole little brother, just saying. I can relate to that. Very relatable. (laughs) 
Yeah, so I love Tecumseh. He, listening to his speeches that were documented. You were getting fired up. I was like looking around, like I was taking Bug for a walk. I'm like, none of this belongs to us. Give it all back to the people. I was like, burn it down. I was I was too intense. She was dangerous. I was yeah. dangerous. But I love him so much. He was so passionate. And his and his his passion arose not for his individual fame. Like his brothers, I feel like is arguable because his little asshole brother was like this prophet only <laughs> after he got drunk and almost killed himself, then he woke up a prophet. Like this is our take so, on that yes, story yes i recently we heard a history episode and it was like a completely different point of view it was on, um, on the history channel yes it was so disappointing i'm like history channel <laughs> i was like maybe we should just stick to conspiracy theories and martians okay because you got this one wrong anyway his little asshole brother woke up a prophet after almost killing himself by drinking too much and falling into a fire and then which he, relatable i mean yes 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 and yes but i don't wake up a prophet i just wake up regretful i'm like oh man that was a hard night anyway so he wakes up and he's like i'm a prophet now and it felt very self-serving it felt like he found a purpose in life through that recognition whereas tecumseh wasn't about himself it was like he was willing to sacrifice himself for the better good that kind of dichotomy between those two brothers i really find interesting and the next episode that we're going to be recapping involves authors and you know how much i i love people who are able to create stories and you know get it down on paper and you visited elmira new york and found out about Mark Twain, which is Mark Twain. Yeah. Creepy ass story. FYI. So crazy. Because first of all, I do not associate Mark Twain with New York State at all. I always think of Mark Twain as being like either the Mississippi River or the East Coast. Or the East Coast, okay. Like Far East, like okay. Connecticut. I, East. I didn't, I didn't know that he was on the East Coast at I, all. I knew that. So imagine my know. surprise when we were in New York State and in a town called Elmira, and we stumble upon a Mark Twain story. Insane, mm-hmm. but but what is really. What was difficult to contemplate for me about the Mark Twain story was how how narcissistic he was and how big he was in his own time. Mm -hmm. That was really because I never think about who he was as a man. I only think about who he was as an author. And so that was really interesting to learn the, the, the relationships he had and some nasty relationships in his life. I think this story in particular was such like it was such a bummer because as a man, he really chose this this woman after his wife died, this manipulative his woman. His secretary, Elizabeth Lyons. Over his girls, his children. Yeah. And one of the victims of that was his daughter, Jane. Jean? Jean. His daughter, Jean. I remember her very well. <laughs> Jean, how can I forget you? Right. Yeah, right. and she had epilepsy, and mm-hmm. the the secretary was like, your daughter's crazy. She needs... And it was like this whole like web of manipulation and lies to get Jean out of the house. Eventually, though, he would side with his daughters, get rid of Elizabeth, and then reunite with Jean, only for her to die a short time later. But, but still, there was some redemption there for Mark Twain. Not enough. I mean, no, it was no. kind of, it was just gross. The way that like, because you would have like Elizabeth Lyons, like personal descriptions of the king, as she called him, and how she would like rub his feet. It was nasty. It was really nasty. And how she would wear like loose fitting, like under, like you're like, oh, Elizabeth Lyons. Mm. Ugh. Anyway. So yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Jennifer wants to move on so bad. All right. This, this next episode out of North Carolina seriously needed a trigger warning for me Mm. um my visions of airplanes crashing out of the sky came glaringly back as i listened to you guys talk about this one yeah it's upsetting i didn't like it either 
I was so impressed with our ability to do the dramatization. I think the, <laughs> the editing, editing was so good. I was so proud of myself and on the, the boys editing. Helped out. And the boys helped out for the re- reenactment of what happened in the cockpit. But yeah, this story is nuts. It is so disturbing. Eastern Flight 212 went down in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And there was absolutely no reason for that plane to crash. Just it was just fuckery. It was, it was just, just fuckery in the cockpit. They were not paying it attention. It was a lot of racism. <laughs> a whole lot of racism going on. A lot of politics. They were having a conversation that had nothing to do with flying the plane. And they were talking about Watergate and they were talking about the price of cars and they were talking about Arabs, right? And, and and oil and I think what for me was really disturbing about this, to be completely honest, is to have someone with such an extensive history in aviation. Like the man flew all his life, Captain Reeves, and because of that knowledge of like being in the air and feeling so comfortable, the hubris not to look at yes, the, the protocol or the instruments. And he was just like relying on a new theme park. Yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. They were looking out the window, Jen. The they were window. looking out the window to try to figure out where they were it's instead like of using my their instruments. Nightmare. Yeah. So they crashed. But the co-pilot, Daniels, Mm -hmm. after the crash, did not admit to any wrongdoing. He did not admit that he was doing anything he shouldn't have been doing. And I think that's why we were called to retell this story. Because Captain Reeves died in the crash, unlike Daniels, who lived. And Captain Reeves was coming out loud and strong that he did take responsibility for what happened. Mm -hmm. Something good did come out of this tragedy. (sighs) Yes, little too late the sterile cockpit law or right. rule which you can't have any fuckery in in the, in the pilot seat in right. the cockpit you while need to you're be talking about the plane um, when you're flying and your instruments <laughs> right. go figure because you have like 150 people on board <laughs> yeah so that what well, and that rule is that you can't talk about something that isn't pertinent to flying the aircraft when you're ascending or descending crazy that rule gives me some comfort because I am not one who can um, take off without some alcohol, but... Um, Bad girl. <laughs> moving on, I am fascinated by your stories of Ridgeway, but more of how you got to Ridgeway, as well as Ridgeway itself. I love this story. Jennifer, take it. Please take it, Jennifer. I like it when you take it. Oh, my God. We were in South Carolina, and we stop at this little town called Blythewood. Yes. And we stop at a historical society, and it is just too cute. Love it. And we get out and we're poking around outside at all of the outbuildings that are historical. And this lady comes out and she asks, you know, would you like to come in and take a look around? And we say yes. And she tells us about Ridgeway. And just down the street, a few miles, there's this quaint little town. If we like Blytheville, if we like the Historical Society, we should go there. Blythewood. We should go there. She says, but it's Monday and everything is closed on Monday, but still it's worth a drive out there. So I didn't say anything, but I could have sworn it was Tuesday, whatever. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with a stranger. She was just a, such a nice lady. Mm-hmm. And so then another lady comes in. She volunteers her time at the Historical Society and she comes in and we have a, a very nice conversation. And she says the same thing to us. Oh, if you like history, go down to Ridgeway. Oh, but. Mondays, everything's closed. 
And everything's closed on Mondays, but still, we still recommend you go down there. Independently, these two ladies both said it was was Monday. We get in the car, we look on our phones, and it was Tuesday. And that was the beginning of this time trippy experience. Mm-hmm. Now you. So now we get to Ridgeway, and we're still feeling um, a little off. Yeah. Like Jennifer would describe it as she didn't eat yet, right? And so we were kind of running on empty, a little, uh, just a little off. Nothing like to like be alarmed about, but just knowing like you're traveling, you're tired, you're kind of discombobulated, not a big deal. We get there. We're going to the different stops. We're doing classic Jen and Jill mess around. We're Mm -hmm. going to the tea store, putting on hats, wearing different dresses, whatever. And then we end up in an (gasps) antique store Uh and we walk in and I swear to God, if this did not happen to me, I would literally not believe anybody telling the story. I would call bullshit on you. If you, if this only happened to Jennifer and she told me this, I would be like, okay, you're very sweet. cute and all but you're just this is ridiculous so we're in the store and different mom had a lot of different she communicates with me in a lot of different symbolisms and spirit and one of it of course is elvis because mama loved elvis and over the loudspeaker playing throughout this consignment shop antique shop is is um what is it it's an elvis song you know what it, it's the elvis song from blue hawaii singing to the grandmother I can't help falling in yes. love with you. So that's playing, but it's playing sounding like it's coming out of a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like it's a record player and it's skipping and it has all the crackles and the noise. And usually when Jen and I are like in the field and we're getting our fields on, we walk away from each other because I don't want her to... to we don't want to influence each yeah, other. I don't want her to influence me or disrupt or pollute what I'm feeling. And I don't want to do that for her. So we walk away. So I'm in the front of the store and i'm listening to this this seemingly sounding record of elvis that sounds so familiar and comforting it felt like i can just relax into it and then as i'm feeling very like oh mom comforting oh i pick up this like figurine off the table and it just felt like i was in like an oxygen deprivation tank like it felt like my 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 movement was off like heavy like i was moving through jello or something and it completely freaked me out so of course i'm like i need an adult i need to find jennifer <laughs> so i like go running and what were you doing i was having a very similar experience i felt like my footing was off mm. and the air felt really thick and i wasn't sure of myself. So I wasn't touching anything because I felt like something's not right. I don't want to drop and break anything. And yeah, and that's when I turn around and Jill is like standing over me <laughs> saying that, you know, she she was having this experience where she felt like she was in a time warp. And that's exactly the words that I was going to say to her. It was just so bizarre. So we, it felt like the spell was broken when other people yes. from the outside world came, came into in that section s- of the shop. Yeah, it felt like it was it still cleared off, it out a little, but it, it wasn't so intense. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was slipping away because I literally right. felt like I can just yeah. relax into it or slip away. That's what was scary about it. Yes. But it was specific to the 1950s. Yes, because even in though your head, what mm-hmm. were you experiencing? You were seeing that you were seeing the poodle skirts yes yes later in the town i kept yes i kept seeing visions of the 1950s like people dressed in 1950s almost like there was a veil and i was looking through the veil to the same scene only 70 years earlier 
Do you remember in schools, there used to be like the overhead projectors with the transparencies? Yeah. And they would put like one transparency on another transparency. Yeah, and it'd be That's layered. how it felt. It felt layered. It yeah. felt like I was seeing two things at once. It was like, this is what I'm seeing visually, but I'm seeing through something to the present. And after we did the research, it hit us that these spirits were trying to take us back to the 50s because that was where the story, that the event occurred mm-hmm. the the murders happened in the 1950s but this person who, who the the spirit we believe who was reaching out to us was not from the 50s she was from a different era mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so she was kind of taking us to a different era one of her descendants committed a horrible murder of a woman ruby her mother zola and her son george and it it felt like like at, you know when as we live our life and we think about like the ripple effect our impact has like forward I also think of that moving backwards and that's what this story showed yes. me that like what like we do today not only affects the future but affects the past generations that we're standing on or here because because that woman was pissed and because <laughs> she was not happy with this man because what we what we sensed was time isn't linear. Mm-hmm. And so the impact goes in all directions, like a pebble that you drop in a pond. Yes. And that to us was like mind blowy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was just crazy. I'm not the same. I and If someone told me that happened to them today, I really wouldn't believe it. Like, ah, oh, you're exaggerating. But it happened. Well, from Ridgeway, we, you end up in Tombstone, Arizona <gasps> with some cowboys. <sighs> Russian Bill. That was a good shot. First of all, Tombstone, Arizona. If you like history, you need to go to Tombstone. You've, it's Jen, have you been to Tombstone? I haven't, but it seems like you guys really enjoyed yourselves. We are this ridiculous. Episode. It was so fun. The Birdcage Theater. Oh my God. That is a little... What's so a little weird? jewel of a of a place. What's so weird about Tombstone is like you almost want everyone just to stop doing what they're doing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like just shut it down because you don't need to do all this. You don't have to dress up like this. You yes. don't have to reenact. It's, it's, it's kind of already happening. You can sense it happening. Yes. Like that guy on the street who's so- trying to sell us tickets to a reenactment of a gunfight. And he kept like yelling, hey, you know, tickets over here. And we just wanted to be like, shut up. If you're just quiet, if everyone just stops what they're doing and, you know, like just get in the lotus position. Do you know what I mean? Like you can sense it happening. It's incredible. It felt like we were literally on like a movie set. Yes. It felt like we were a part of what was happening. It was very cool. And the, and our mission, of course, is to find like the spookiest, most active. So we're like, where are we going? Right. And, and we, we just show up there at what happens to be one of the spookiest, mo- most active buildings in all of Tombstone, which was the Birdcage Theater, which is where we met Russian Bill and he reached out and wanted a voice. Yes. And poor Russian Bill. He wasn't, he was a real rich nobleman who wanted street cred and it ended up getting hung for it. Basically, in a nutshell. Poor Russian Bill. Poor Russian Bill. But Russian Bill, you know, you shouldn't have been hanging around with those ruffians. And did they have to, like, put the sign up that, like, no, he wasn't a big bad gangster. He was just just a sweetheart. I know he hated that. He need, We need to take that sign down. He would really want his legacy to be like, he was a badass and he right. died for it. Last season, you outlined common themes in your episodes. Um, this season, did you feel like there was any common thread In terms of the content of the episodes, I don't feel there was a theme. What do you think, Jill? 
Not in the content. Right. But in the processes. Yes. I felt like 2022 for us was all about growth. Growth in terms of how we experience spirit when we're on the road, like we talked about in Ridgeway, like really having that time portal experience and also growing in the way we bring our content alive, like in the Eastern 212 North Carolina plane crash episode. Yes. And also just... We grew so much, so much that year. I think that seems to be the theme. I think um, your editing for um, Eastern Flight 212 inspired. Like, I would have totally half-assed that. You were, like, amazing. Thank Um, you. I, You know what? I do feel like the way we're experiencing spirit grows, but I also feel like the way it's hooked to, the way it seems so relevant today like it's not like just like oh we're experiencing things differently it's like why are we experiencing things differently like like we're understanding like time isn't linear like we're understanding and we're helping other people understand the actual like reach of spirit Mm -hmm. and how even mundane things can really be impactful if you just stop and pay attention to it right and that kind of leads us to our whole discussion about manifesting no yes Last January, you did a manifest episode. Um, have you manifested anything this year personally or for the podcast? Mm. Oh, my gosh. I feel like when Jill and I get together, um, just in general, but specifically for the podcast, we intentionally or unintentionally put stuff out, right? And I think everybody does this to a certain extent, but it's part of our pattern now, right? Mm-hmm. We get together and we dream. We do. We dream big. And we give our, our dreams a voice and we talk about what we want, what we need, um, not in a super formal way. Mm-mm. We just have conversations. It's, you know what it is? It's you and I talking our um, vision boards. Yes. Like, what would we have on our vision boards? What right. would, What does our future look like? And when we do it, it's not super duper, like, constructed. Yeah, or, no. It's just like... This is what we need. Yes. This is what we need, right? We exactly. know if we just, if we do this, if something comes here, we'll know that that would be good there. And we just understand that process. Right. And through doing that... We a lot of changes happened this year. A lot of changes happened. First, we met a lot of good people. We, we sure did. We really did meet a lot of good people. This a lot year. of people who believe in us yes. and continue just to be our supporters and cheerleaders. Yes, it feels good. It does feel good. <laughs> sometimes it feels like you're like just talking to the wall. You know, what I, I mean? know. You know, sometimes people are really cute because they're like, I don't want to bother you. I'm like, please. What am I? I'm like, please bother me. <laughs> please <laughs> email us, text us, whatever. No, we met a lot of good people. People that give it had given us a lot of good feedback and that makes us better at doing what we're doing for them. It's true. But you know, let's talk about our personal journey because I think that certain things did manifest. First, we you guys, <laughs> this is so bad. Okay, so first, it was April. It was April. It was April. Jen and I just got back from our epic Savannah road trip. And I, because I'm me, I'm trying to get different spots on different podcasts to advertise what we're doing. Because I'm a believer yeah. that people will like us if they find us. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you guys have your own opinions, but that, <laughs> that is, I am of that belief. So I'm reaching out to different podcasts companies and media companies to be like, can you just like drop us a line and just tell people about us or can we be on your show? And so I called this one media company because one of my favorite podcasts 
like works with them because I'm I'm internet stalking people now. And I'm like, well, they're, they're they're good. So I call this company. I'm like, hey, you know, my sister and I have this podcast, have this like yada yada. I was like, can you can you like check us out and see if there's if you guys can promote us on your podcast? And then I get a response back saying, well, do you want to be a our media company original? And I was like. Okay, what does that mean? And so Jen and I and the co-owners of this media company out of LA have a Zoom call. And what that means is they want to produce us, promote us, and we would be this media company's original content. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge deal. Huge deal. Huge deal. So I I feel like I'm on Shark Tank. I'm like through <laughs> the roof, like my tail's wagging. I'm running around the house. And what were you doing? <laughs> I was trying to keep you from losing your mind. I lost my shit so good. Yeah, Jill was like calling everybody she knew, being like, "I'm famous. We're famous. <laughs> We're famous so now." Yeah. No, but you were. Yeah, you I were super, super excited. excited. I was also excited, but I was a little more like guarded. Like, wait a minute. You mm. know what I mean? Like, let's look at the contract. We have a meeting, and what? So we're talking about everything. Sounds really good, but we need to see it in writing, right? Because right. I watch. You guys know I'm a Judge Judy lawyer. I watch Judge Judy. She right. would. She would have my shit if I did not read the contract. Right, so I'm like, send us. I was like, you know what, guys. Send us over the contract. We'll look it over and we'll get back to you. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to have a content creative meeting on Monday. We'll send the, by the end of the week. We'll send the contract by the end of the week. Right. The thing is, is that the week is Holy Week. <laughs> right. It was the week right before Easter. So I go over to Jill's house. And in the meantime, we know we know nothing about reading these type of contracts. Not these type of contracts. So we need a lawyer. We do need a lawyer. So I'm calling some places in Chicago. Jill's calling some places in the Detroit area. No one. There's only one one company out of Chicago that really took us seriously at the time, but they didn't have any availabilities until like Tuesday. But our meeting was Monday. Uh, was Monday. Okay. Our creative meeting. So they were already they they hitched their wagon to us and we them. And so we just wanted to get the formalities out of the way so we can move forward because we were already sold so then thursday night late thursday night we get the contract we get the contract and we looked at the contract and that's when our little bubble started to burst a little bit it was deflating just slightly (laughs) i was like wait a second wait a second that's when my stomach started twisting because i was so excited for both of you and i felt that excitement but there was that feeling Mm -hmm. that maybe something just wasn't quite right jenny's our reluctant psychic Yeah, but we got the contract and then we needed a lawyer. Like We, we needed, needed a lawyer. We needed a legit lawyer. We could not wait for someone to call us back anymore. So we woke up on Friday morning, Good Friday, and we start we start calling people off of Google. We're like, media lawyer, Detroit, media lawyer. And um, after a couple calls, we got through to someone. This receptionist picked up the phone. Lovely lady. Lovely lady. I'm so sorry we got you fired. Um <laughs> So I call, so she picks up and she's like, blah, 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 hello. And I'm like, hi. I was like, my name's Jill, my sister Jennifer. Um, we have a podcast and we just got LA sent us. <laughs> did you hear me? LA, Los Angeles, California sent us a contract that we need someone to look over because we have a meeting on Monday. ASAP. Like right now. And she's like, oh my gosh, Joe can help you. And I was like, yes, <laughs> Joe can help us. Give us Joe. I was like, send us through to Joe. So blah, 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 Joe answers the phone and we're like, Joe, it's 
you, Joe. You're it. You are our lawyer, Joe. You're hired. And I was like, you are our You're lawyer. You're hired, Joe. I need, are you listening? Are you listening, Joe? I need your head in the game here, okay? We have a contract from LA. LA, Joe. LA, Joe. And we need you to look at it. We have a meeting on Monday. We need your head in the game. And he's like, I, I have meetings all morning. I'm like, Joe, that's not going to work for us. Joe, that's not going to work for us, Joe. You actually told him to clear his schedule. I did. I felt so, like, every trope listening to, like, every, like, <laughs> lawyer show ever, I was like, nope, clear schedule. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's when he said, um, it's Good Friday. I have things with my kids. Is, did he say that before or after? How did you get this number? <laughs> he literally said those words. That was the first thing he asked us. Yeah. Like, he oh didn't say gosh. anything. He literally was like, um, who put you through? Yeah. yeah. So Joe was like, okay, I'm going to get off the phone with you guys. Um, like <laughs> right now. To, he said, send it to me yes, and I'll did. see what I can do. He was like, don't call me. <laughs> Just sent it to my email. He made us no promises. No promises. And we hung up and we were like, yeah, he's not going to call us back. <laughs> he, that you man know is what? not. She, she, I, I, to be honest, you knew he wasn't going to call. I, knew. I was slightly hopeful, but more embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like, classic uh, joke. Yeah. Like, I, I overdid it again. <laughs> too much, too soon. So that's yeah. when you're sitting on your couch. Yes. I was sitting on my couch and I felt like literally, I'm not even kidding. I was like, I kept seeing my my husband's sister and I was like, I feel like I have to call my husband's sister has a friend. <laughs> it's like, no, no, a husband and it's a sister and there's a friend and they can help us. And Jill is doing that thing where she knows she's getting a message from spirit and she's saying it out loud and she's like, my husband's sister's friend, my husband, Kelly, I think I have to call <laughs> Kelly. So Jill says, I think I have to call <laughs> Kelly. And I'm like, why would you call Kelly? And she goes, I think Kelly's, Kelly's friend is a lawyer or has a lawyer. And I go, well, my husband knows a lawyer. You guys. <laughs> what spirit meant to say was <laughs> your sister's husband's husband. friend. Because my husband has a very good friend who not only is a lawyer, but teaches law at Northwestern. Best, best man at the wedding. All right. All yeah, right. Good All right. Friends. So long story short. Friends on Facebook. We messaged him. And within a minute, a minute, he said, send us the contract. And he looked it over. And we were talking to him a half hour later. And he came on the call with us that Monday when we had the call with the media company in L.A. And we ultimately came to the realization that it was not the right deal for us. Indeed. But what happened later in the year? In August. That was April. That was April. So some of the things we were talking about was we need someone who believes in us. Yes. We need someone who is not going to give us one more thing to do. Like, right. we can't do another thing. Right. I work a full-time job. You work a full-time job. And now this podcast, now that it's every and other by week. by the way, you guys were flattered. You think that there's a team, but the team is Jennifer and I. Like, there is no team here. There's no team. Yeah. So, they're like, we're the team. We're the team. Yeah. So, we need someone who's going to believe in us and who believes in what we do and is not going to laugh and at us. And it's going to take a risk because it is risky. Right. It's putting your own money out there to support these people that you've never met before. We also want to take Jenny with us. Because yes, because she's one of us. She's one of us. She believes in us. She's our biggest fan, and we love her so much. And she's family. And you're coming with us. So we and we there was a very specific ask we had, not knowing, 
right? Because Jenny's dream, for whatever reason, is to be an editor. And so we're like, Jenny can edit us. I Jenny love can- books. She does love books. She reads a lot. She reads. She reads so much. It's yes. embarrassing. It's embarrassing because I don't know anything about movies or <laughs> anything but books. So wait, that's gonna come up later. Okay, <laughs> in the detours. So. Out of nowhere, in early August of 2022, we get an email from a publisher. First of all, you guys, which was really cute because this publisher was like, I'm a legit publisher. <laughs> I am not know. a vanity like, publisher. Picky. I know. Like, it was so funny. I was like, I don't know what a vanity publisher is, but OK. All right. You're not one of those. Like, I had no idea what she was saying. And she was like, I want to publish a book of your stories. And so we got this, we get a lot of emails. We got we this email. Most of them are sales pitches. You know, like, they want to sell us something. Do you want to uh, promote podcast? your podcast? Yeah, I know. It's so bad. Yeah. All the time. So uh, Jill and I talk about it and we say, okay, this is how this conversation is going to go. We're going to set up a meeting and we're, we're going to tell her, thank you so much. We're flattered. We're so flattered. We would love to do a book in the future, but I'm so sorry. Right now. I work full-time, Jill works full-time, and we're doing the podcast kind of full-time on the weekends and evenings. There's no possible way we can put aside time to do a book right now. And that's how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And we're going to say thank you very much. Oh my goodness, how nice it was to meet Please you. Please leave us a five-star <laughs> review on Apple so other people can find us. <laughs> and then we met with Melissa, who mm-hmm. is the owner of Martin Sisters Publishing. True statement. A small operation. She's darling. Love her. Sweetest. And so we're talking to her about how busy we are. We can't do another thing. And what does she say, Jill? She's like, literally, like what you have, like your podcast, your podcast, we're just going to make that into a book. And it's going to be a series. And we're like, wait a minute. You mean you mean the content that we've been working on for like three years? She's like, yeah. We're like, so you are going to take work that we've already done and with our help, turn it into stories that people can read. Mm-hmm. She's like, exactly. Like our stories in a different medium. <laughs> right. So you're like, well, I guess we can do that. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Because that work is already done. Yes, we, we already can have do that. that work. We can do that. Yeah, so that's really exciting. And the funny thing was, she had listened to one episode of us. Yeah. One episode and believed in us after listening to one episode, which blows my mind. Because I was afraid if she listened to more, she wasn't going to like us. <laughs> I was like, let's just stop here. Don't right, listen to anything right, else. Right. But she did. Yes. And she, she liked. But what else she was looking for? She was like, um, I usually use retired school teachers to help edit. And sometimes they can be hard to come by. So if you know an editor. And we were like, shut up. It was like literally, like, can you even believe that? No, no. We're like, oh my gosh, these girls take care of me. Oh my God. <laughs> you take care of us. We're like, oh my gosh. So we're like, do we know an editor? Why? Yes, we do. And here's do. her email address. <laughs> Get with her right away. And so our book, The Common Mystics, Volume One, my- Mysterious Murders, Murders and Mysterious Death. We're still working on the name. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I don't remember it is, completely. Is coming out in the summer of 2023. I know it's crazy. Oh, crazy! So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our existing content, we're revamping it so it'll be more palatable in a different medium, i.e., a book. And Jenny B's editing it, yep. and it's gonna come out. And we're gonna do a book tour, and then we're gonna headline a conference in September in Kentucky for new writers. Do you believe that? That's insane. Nothing you two does surprises me. Stop it. I am so serious. Such special people. That's why we're bringing you with us. (laughs) (laughs) We need a little Jenny B magic. (laughs) I am so super excited about it. I really am. Yeah. So is there anything else 
that we wanted to cover while we're talking today? Um, I I do want to cover something. Oh, oh, she's looking yes, serious. Yes, I'm very serious Uh-oh. right now. Okay, I have to tell you. Okay, I'm not I'm not shaming myself or anybody else, but I'm going to take better care of myself in 2023 because Jennifer literally told me if I die, she's going to be really mad at me because she's worried about my health. I am worried about her. No, no, truly, I've been like just off like the hook, just self licensing to eat and drink whatever I want, and it's time to come back to Jesus and be like, you know what? I'm going to be here for like 30 more years because Jennifer does at not. Least, at at least. least 30 more years, maybe 40. I worry. I'm a worrier. All the time with this one. And I'm glad that you're going to take better care of yourself. Just to take better care of myself. Not because I want to be thinner. Not, no. Well, I do want to be. I want clothes to look better on me, but it's not about that. It's just no. being healthier and right. having a healthy pattern. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. stay tuned for that. What about you? 2023 goals? Are you asking for my resolutions or yeah, just? Yeah, but no, not just resolutions. It's like what you're going to manifest for yourself in 2023. Oh, I love this. Uh-huh. Jenny, be thinking because we're going to ask you next. Mm-hmm. I want to manifest greater wealth in 2023. And it's hard for me to say that because I've been programmed by our grandma who went through the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. how like money is the root of all evil. Save your string. Right. But I am going to look at wealth as a positive thing Mm -hmm. because then the more people we can reach, the greater wealth that we have. Is that stupid? Should I do that again? No, I love it. I love everything you just said. I feel like I should manifest ha- spending more time with my husband and appreciating him more, to be honest. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like I do, like this morning, bug shit all over the basement, and he got up with me, and he helped me clean it, and he was worried about him, and he found the little pieces of stuff that bug ate that he shouldn't ate. You know what it's I mean? It's easy to take your husband for granted. You know, it's, you know, it's hard to appreciate him when he's so vocal. You know what I mean? Like, if he was just quiet and just did the shit, then I can be like, oh, wow, that's I, wonderful. I hear that. But when I he's like, that. look at me cleaning up shit for your dog, then I'm like, uh. For me, balance is a big problem because I'm either all in or all out, you know? I understand. Relatable. I'm with what you. What about you, Jenny? Well, I think, like you said, I need to find that balance. And maybe I will take more time to actually figure out what that balance is for me yeah. so that... You know, I can enjoy the risks that you guys are taking. And, you know, just I am just so amazed all the time at how brave you are with everything you have both done. I'm very serious. And so, like, maybe figuring out a way to tamp down the anxiety that holds me back. Anxiety is real, though. So don't be so hard on yourself because anxiety is a real, real monster. But figuring it out so that I have more balance and, you know, just more joy in the things that are around every day. Aww. I love that. What a great lesson. You know what else? Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I want to learn the old Lang Syne song. Don't know it. I feel like that (laughs) should be something. You should just learn how to say it. That's not. I didn't say it right. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't keep me. Old Lang Syne, right? Isn't that how you say it? What did you say? I thought I said what she said. Did I not? (laughs) You never say what you think you say. (laughs) I never say what I think I say. Okay. Well, I want to learn it. I want to learn how to say it. You know, all the plaintiffs, right? Plaintiffs? Oh, God. Complaintiffs? Oh. No? Old acquaintance. No. Let's be be forgot. Okay. Okay. All right. See? Jill's going to work on that. I'm going to learn it. Starting with the title. (laughs) I thought it was all the plaintiffs. I was like, there's a lot of people complaining last year. (laughs) Definitely not. Old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Aw. That's a sad it song. It is a sad song. Never mind. Why I don't want to learn that no. stupid ass song. <laughs> you could just meow it. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't, can I? No. Can I? No. Wait, Say goodbye. Wait, wait, Say goodbye. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, we don't know if it's meow or bull. Hold on. Me, 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 no. me, me, no. me, me. Those aren't meows. Meow, 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 Please stop her. No, it's beautiful. I wish everyone could Thank you. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you guys so much for a wonderful 2022. And we look forward to reaching out and being with you guys in 2023. We love you. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for everything. Goodbye. Um, oh, oh, yes. Oh, what? Remember, please check out our website. <laughs> at Common, she always forgets this. At commonmistress.net. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CommonMasticPod. But if you happen to be on Apple, please leave us a positive review so other people can find us. And people can find us wherever they're listening to their favorite podcast. And don't forget to check out our Patreon as well. Thank you. Thank you and good night. Bye. Happy New Year.